Well, my name is Glenn Barth. I'm the host of Business is Doing Good and the president of Good Cities, and uh, we're glad to have another edition of our Business is Doing Good conference call. These conference calls are an attempt to bring out the social impact that businesses are having across the country as, uh, as businesses have turned the corner beyond sustainability, which reduces their ecological footprint, into actually doing good and becoming a benefit to their local community. And so we highlight guests during these calls and, uh, and we have great opportunities to learn from one another. And uh, we're trying to, to create communities of practice for the leaders of businesses that are doing good in their communities. And we're collecting uh, all the recordings of these calls at goodcities.net in the resources section. And there's already about a dozen of those interviews that are right there. These are downloadable podcast recordings that you can download and listen to at any time. So if you're driving along in your car and you'd like to listen to one of our previous interviews, you can go to goodcities.net, go to the resources section, and click on the podcast section. Uh, next month, we're going to be interviewing, uh, on September the 20th, we'll be interviewing Amy Sherman, who's written the book Kingdom Calling and uh, is a uh, a researcher with the Sycamore Institute based out of Charlottesville, um, Virginia, and uh, she's a fascinating leader who really understands this connection between businesses and the social good. Today, I want to welcome to our call the president and CEO of Summit Academy OIC, a $7.5 million accredited educational and vocational in training institute that uh, empowers poor Twin Cities residents to become self-reliant and employed members of their community. Um, our guest has 20 years experience in education, youth development, and workforce development. His current work focuses on helping families to uh, earn a family sustainable wage so that they can support their children and families and uh, he recently launched uh, an important aspect of their program, which uh, has to do with preparing people to be able to enter even the vocational training. As you might know, most employers require at least a high school education. And so he's launched uh, the 1000 GED campaign through, the, through Summit Academy OIC, which accelerates the, uh, the acquiring of a GED or a high school graduation certificate. Uh, and uh, most of our public schools in cities around the country are paid for participation in their GED program, not graduation. And as our guests began to realize this, he said, well, we can help with that. and We'll put a human touch to it and included this in part of their education so that they could then enter into a 20-week program that's a no-cost construction or healthcare training program, uh, giving graduates the proper skills to start a new career. Um, the other thing that I think you ought to know about our guest today is that he served in the U.S. Army for 10 years and achieved the rank of major, and so he brings the disciplines of that uh, of that leadership that he experienced earlier on in his career to uh, to the work that he does. He also served on the Minneapolis School Board and serves on a number of very important uh, corporate boards of directors here in the Twin Cities as well. I want to welcome to our call 
Louis J. King, the second president and CEO of Summit Academy OIC. Welcome, Louis. Glad to have you on the call today. Well, thank you, um, Glenn, and thank you for the um, introduction. It's really good to uh, be here and interact with you. I always love uh, talking about the work that the people are doing. Well, let's just start out with that. You know, Summit, Summit Academy OIC serves as a bridge for people and employers in the Twin Cities. Tell us about the kinds of backgrounds that students who come to Summit Academy bring with them. So we're located in North Minneapolis. Our students um, earn less than $10,000 a year on average. Um, they, Some of them have 30% have a, a touch with the law or, or some type of background. Um, they, most of them come from um, North Minneapolis, Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center, that's a surrounding area. But we get 20% who also come from yeah, East Metro. What they all have in common is that they want to go to work, they want to get skills, and they um, want to provide for their families. It, what I observe is that many of them um, can meet the academic rigor, 65% um, capacity entrance exam, but when you stop and think about it, 35% can't, and we have tutoring programs who can help them get there. All these people have high school diplomas, or GEDs, and then sixty-five percent of them can complete. But the challenges. Um, I know one young lady who literally lived in Oakdale or lives in Oakdale, who caught a ride to come in, and then had to make four or five different transfers to get home, but was mm. here all the time, mm. and and so. Um, it, it, it's amazing to get in there and work with them and to see them walk in sometimes without a GED. Hmm. But then in 10 weeks, they get it. And in 20 weeks, they come through the um, electrical program. We recently launched an IT uh, program in concert with Atomic Data, a firm in the North Loop, we were looking to enroll 25 uh, students as our goal. 27 showed up. The majority were African-American guys, and five of them came out of the GED program. Mind you, they had to take an academic test, pass a computer literacy test, and undergo a background check. And five of them made it. So... To see people who are driven like that, um, trying to get ahead, that's that's why we show up every day um, to be a part of that um, effort. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the kinds of companies then that that hire your students. Sure, we um, in 2002, because of what the state demographer call a looming. Um, uh, downturn in in terms of labor or labor crunch that would begin in 2013, we chose to um, focus on two industries 
healthcare and construction. Because of the aging of the boomers in healthcare, um, and they would need workers, and there would be opportunities. And with the construction industry, which tended to not bring in um, new entrants when there were downturns, and they had a graying workforce, primarily all white male. So we took the long view and settled on healthcare and construction. On the on the construction side, which dominated, we enjoyed working with Mortensen, um, a lot of the vertical uh, company store that that helped us penetrate all the stadiums that were built. Our people were built. Our people were there. And because of it, we now have people who've gone through the program and become journey level um, construction workers, and that's very important in the social network because they they vote in the union elections, they pe- help people come into the companies, and they rise to levels of supervision. And this is how you build that social capital um, in an on, on the healthcare side. Um, there's a range of providers from the Alignus system um, where I've seen people working to small operations. Um, there we focus on community health workers, certified nursing assistants, and medical admin assistants. We took a run at um, the farm techs, or pharmaceutical techs, and we were not successful, and so we shifted to medical admin because it supports a wide range of jobs. Most recently, um, we added IT, again, in partnership with with um, Atomic Data, who looks to hire all of the graduates and pay um, paid internships during this pilot course that we're running. We will have a second course in February and this represents our first penetration into the IT world. You know, one of the most uh, inspirational phrases that I ever heard spoken came out of your mouth, and that has to do with uh, something about the best social program in the world is what? A job. A job, exactly. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of barriers to people getting jobs. And tell us a little bit about uh, what happens as, as you uh, help students who have come in, and uh, what are some of the barriers that those students uh, face when they first enter the school? And then how are those bar- How do you help them overcome those hurdles and really get ready for a job? Whether it's the and you said seventy-two thousand people in Minneapolis, uh, is that right? That don't, don't have a, a high school diploma. Yes, in Hennepin County, 72,000 people don't have a high school diploma, GED. Um, and Brooklyn Park is roughly 78,000 people, and mm. that's counting everybody. The mm. 72,000 are adults who undoubtedly have kids. And 20,000 African Americans, which parallels the um, um, population of Golden Valley which mm. also has about 22,000 people. So a lot of sideline, a lot of talent 
sitting on the sidelines or stuck at the bottom. We've seen people who had a job but couldn't get promoted because they didn't have the base credential. In general, though, after serving on the school board and serving as a um, professional soldier, it, it appeared to me that there were three things I learned about the third along the way, that mm-hmm. these isolated pockets of labor or people um, needed in order to break into the mainstream absent discriminatory practices. Mm-hmm. One, mm-hmm. an education. Um, you, you just got to have it. Two, a skill, a profession, a trade that you can trade across the table, a, a vocation, in the marketplace. That's what businesses are buying, skill sets and competencies. And third, a social network that attaches you to the um, opportunities. Many of us recall the book, What Colors Your Parachute? Your job is in your Rolodex and not the newspapers. And if you're in a social strata or in a um, community where you don't have the relationships that are engaged in the exchanges um, that happen every day, you're you're pretty stuck. And we Mm -hmm. help people overcome um, those three things. One, um, they inherit our network. And two, they form a network themselves. So as they join the um, professions, um, they are active in the unions. They are sources of referrals, and that's how people operate with their social capital. So not only do they get the vocational training and the education, we also teach them and include the social exchange that occurs on how people really get jobs, and mm-hmm. we include them in our networks. Well, that that's just so key. I mean, it's easy for, I think, probably one of the greatest things that I've seen when I've worked with poor communities is the lack of that social network, that folks folks just don't have it. They may be geographically isolated from those folks who have the uh, social capital that would network them into a job um, because a lot of their friends are in the communities that are uh, are not well connected to the business community. And uh, so having that social capital that you bring through your school and through the unions can be really critical. I love the fact that, uh, that often you're starting with folks who really need to get uh, get that GED and then once they get that, 20 weeks after that, they've got a skill or trade, and all that time I'm sure that your teachers are teaching them about the importance of developing their social network as well. Those are, that, in essence, I would say that when you teach those three items, the education, skill or trade, and a social network, it's, it's like you're opening their eyes to see the world that really exists and the economy that exists out there. Isn't that about right? Yes, and in addition, um, given what's occurring with the labor uh, market today, we're also exposing them to employers who genuinely need them. They need Mm -hmm. people. And yet, um, because they weren't connected to that 
community, they did not see it, you know, as a source of meeting their needs. So we got this whole um, give-to-get kind of thing going on. The employers uh, do things like mock interviews. They support our philanthropic efforts. Um, they come out and volunteer. And they on the back side, they get employees. And you can't think of a better investment. So and then the students, you know, they got to make a sacrifice to come to school, give your time, um, do what needs to be done. And on the back side, you're going to get a nice living wage job so that you can contribute to your family, having a stable household, and you set a good example for your children. They see you going to work, and then they can be a part of that network also. It's a win-win. So do you, does Summit Academy OIC offer support beyond the 20-week uh, education? Um, yes, we do. First, we do a lot of help with um, employability investments. Um, we partner with um, folks who well, who help them get their tools, um, automobiles, licenses, insurance, repairs, um, mm. stability, transportation, things we take for granted. 2500 bucks goes a long way on um, buying a car or car, you know, car repairs. Um, and then they can always come back for um, referrals. We have, again, employers view us as a good source of labor, so consider us part of your network. Stay in touch, and um, we'll help you get the next job. So also on the contract side, um, we we track them in job retention out for 12 months. And so we kind of know where they are and what they're doing. In the um, construction world, they, um, you know, move around because they follow the work. In healthcare, they're more stable and we can see where they are. We mm -hmm. had a longitudinal study uh, performed a couple of years ago that showed that three years um, after getting employed, 82% of our folks were still working as compared to about 65% in the control group from the state. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing them stick um, and make journey level. It's really exciting um, to watch what started out as a small experiment with 10 students and now has grown to a thousand a year. Wow. Well, t tell us about uh, a success story. Tell us about a student that, that's done extremely well making that transition through Summit Academy. So um, that was a young woman, um, Shanice, who started without a GED. And um, when she when when I took note of her, she'd come in because her car was having trouble. And told us that she lived in Burnsville, two kids, and when I listened to everything she did in order to get to school every day, she wasn't missing. I couldn't help but you know, say, okay, let's support her. She went on to graduate from the um, electrical program and started a job today. Um, wow. It's the first day. Yeah. So I watched her begin with 
not even a GED, and now she's working, which, um, and she had some, you know, stops along the way, some bumps. She thought she wanted to be a roofer, and then decided that was a little bit much. But the real deal is she was marketable um, to more than one employer, and just just a little bit north of 30 days after graduation is working with no debt, um, no out-of-pocket costs. She can go on and begin to take care of her family. You know, uh, we're going to open the phone calls, uh, the uh, phone lines here in just a minute for others to ask questions, but can you tell us a little bit about uh, how people can get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about uh, Summit Academy OIC and those who may not even be in uh, in the Minnesota area might be interested in how they might get something like this going in their own community. Uh, how could they get in touch with you? So um, we have a website, um, Summit Academy OIC, S-A-O-I-C dot org. Our um, general number is 612-377-0150. Um, and, and that'll get you to me or to um, if you have a specific question to the right person. Uh, I'm at ljking at saoic.org. We're an accredited vocational training school um, that was founded in the late 60s. Um, I led a merger in 95-96 uh, to form today's institution, $7.5 million budget, about 75 employees, and we own our land and our building. They're not building these much um, these days because so, uh, job training policy shifted to soft skills, and vocational training took a back seat. Um, mm-hmm. The four-year college people won the marketing debate. But if your plumber has a four-year degree, you got more than a plumbing problem, all right? That, that, should be, that, that shouldn't be the case. So we sit in a niche that's getting a lot of talk. A lot of places, you have the technical colleges, and that's where the, um, the Clinton um, policy, which carried all the way through, has favored community colleges and technical colleges, so the community-based training institute or center like this OIC, which came out of the Sullivan Movement in the 60s, there are 45 of us around, 45 OICs around the country. People, can, the OIC of America office in Philadelphia can help you um, figure out if you want to be an OIC, and then certainly um, we can turn you to the accrediting bodies to tell you how to start a school in your community, if you wish. Well, that's uh, that's really helpful. Thanks so much. So it's uh, www.s is in Sam A-I-O-C dot O-R-G If you want to look into Summit Academy uh, O-R-G if you're listening to the call today, and uh, give us the phone number one more time if someone wants to call. Six one two three seven seven. Great, great. Well, let's uh, go ahead and open the phone lines. Hey, Lewis, this is Alan McMillan in Athens, Ohio. How are you today? Great, Alan. How are you? 
uh, very impressed with uh, the briefing you uh, gave us on your organization. I'm curious, the, the woman that you uh, highlighted, you know, you she comes to you with no GED, two kids. Um, you got her the GED. You trained her to be an electrician. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And then she's in the workforce. So um, I work with a lot of young people on how they go from campus to career to their eventual financial independence. And I don't know how old she is, but I suspect she's a young woman. Is that true? Early 20s. Perfect. Perfect. So she's experiencing right now through the great work you're doing um, what I call a, a economic inflection point. She's going really from poverty and now wages an electrician gets and then will get over time as she becomes more accomplished is a pretty huge jump. Do you spend any time counseling uh, people uh, like her on how to set something away for your, you know, the, for an emergency fund in case, you, you know, the transmission goes out in the car or you have a medical expense or putting some money in a Roth IRA, you know, so they realize one day down the road, um, you know, she's going to be able to put her feet up, enjoy the fruits of her labor. Because there's a point, you, you know, you can't do physical labor anymore as we get older. Do you spend any time coaching uh, your population on that? So part of the curriculum is one week of um, financial basics, budgeting, savings, taking advantage of pensions or 401Ks. Um, That's part of the employability, especially in construction because it can be seasonal. And, you know, so if you spend it all, what are you going to do? So we do invest quite a bit of time um, on that aspect because, frankly, we can't support them with emergency assistance. So here's how you figure it out. Go forth and do it. Beautiful. Lewis, this is Mary Kay. Uh, I am just uh, so impressed with what you're doing and uh, the time is now and I'm wondering uh, meaning time for great uh, uh, impact in the community in the communities you are in uh, with opportunity Uh, so I'm wondering and I know you talked a little bit about this but um, you know the the trades are at an all time low in terms of uh bodies of people interested and do you are are you overwhelmed with um with training and are you overwhelmed with placement are are you are you profiting from the the marketplace right now is my question on need uh from uh, bodies and need from uh, businesses. So, the for example, the electricians have an 82% placement rate. Um, the general population 
gets about 75% in their selected trade or 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 profession mm-hmm. on the healthcare side. There's a lot of building going on. And yep. so we're seeing huge demand. There's always opportunity. Um, but long term, even bigger than this, is that in, even if there's a downturn, because companies can't get the people that they need, we we probably won't see the massive layoffs um, that we've seen in the past, unless it's okay. really bad. Because if you let the workers go, will they come back? People are going to be faced with that challenge, so they're going to find ways to keep their people working. Um, there'll be those who will make cuts, but we're very excited about um, demand, and the IT arena is wide open. It generates demand every day. So once we start producing there, the businesses are telling us the opportunities will will be there too. Uh, what about in trucking? Did you um, are you doing anything in like logistics? Trucking is an industry that I'm hearing, you know, for years now that is suffering, and um, it, with uh, talent, uh, is that an area you serve at all? Yeah, we looked at it, declared defeat, and went home. Um, <laughs> just too many things to manage. Uh, Driving records, got to go through a lot of people. And then finding the right partner um, to do it. it. Just we found ourselves not being the best at it, so we let it go. So we're not involved in that industry. Okay. And are you, last question, are you receiving a lot of support from local business then in um, and? Collaboration? So the main support that we seek is through philanthropic areas and through a combination of foundations, businesses, and individuals. We raised um, $3.4 million in our last fiscal year. Um, the business community has been incredible um, in supporting us financially as well as volunteerism, uh, partnerships with the U.S. Bank um, and others. We we have great relationships, and um, they also hire our people. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for doing this work. It's fabulous and much needed. Thank you. Lewis Allen McMillan again. Let me let me ask you a question. When you started off, you said that um, that most of your population, I imagine that's before they uh, got into your program, are making less than ten thousand dollars a year. Yes. Okay. So let me, I mean, this question is about work ethic. You know, the the fact is, it seems like everyone's hiring in this economy. I don't know what the minimum wage in uh, Minnesota is. Here in Ohio, it's uh, $8.35 an hour. But if you were to work 40 hours a week and work uh, most of the year, you know, that's 
you know, starting to approach $17,000 a year are, are, is it a lack? I mean, so even before training, um, you know, it perplexes a lot of people um, as to why aren't people trying to, you know, make more with at least where they are and then go up from there, you know, community college programs like yours and that kind of stuff. Do you have any input on that? So I see over 2,000 people um, per year who are um, trying to get in and showing an interest. Between GED and vocational, we brought in a thousand, and that's growing. Mm-hmm. The people that we meet um, are—they—they they are trying, and I wanted to try. By the way, nobody—I don't know what you're here. You can't hire anyone for less than thirteen dollars an hour. That's—that's wow. that's pretty much. Unless you got teen labor, and yeah, it just won't. That's the marketplace. That's what the market is doing. So, some people who had become what they call a disinterested um, job seeker, because when there's unemployment, the way you get the claim is those who put in the claim, and that's who they call unemployed. The others for a variety of reasons, were unavailable to the labor force. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing now, we've always seen people who wanted to move ahead and do better. What we're seeing now is that they are knowing people who are doing better and who can help them make the leap. So it's, it's very fascinating to watch it grow. You know, here, the total dominance of the white culture um, precluded the development of a true organic African-American middle class here, for example. And only recently has they emerged the mercantile class of the uh, immigrants that we have, and even the political power. So I think we're going to see a lot more of this over time because so much opportunity is present and people see a true shot and they know people who are there and they've seen others make it and they will make it too. This is the new Underground Railroad. This time it's Mother Nature in charge and at the end of the dance, everybody needs everybody. So it's very exciting to see them come in from the cold. Lewis, uh, Glenn here again. You know, uh, one of the things that I know you and I have talked about in the past is that uh, some people have a hard time when they have an income that's come to them through the Department of Human Services and uh, through Section 8 housing, through Social Security, through government means, they have a hard time leaving a system they know to go into the private sector and get a job. Um, tell us a little bit about how people are making that bridge because it's it's such a hard bridge sometimes for people to overcome when they know one source of income to really trust that, that there might be another one. So um, a few years ago, I found um, I was involved in this um, 
tornado recovery. And as a result, I took a look at the population in North Minneapolis, and at the end of the day, we determined that 67% of the people were on some type of government program. As we dug deeper, we found that the county was enforcing a work-first policy that did not allow people to get education or training. It was simply pushing them to work. So the policy did not allow for them the language. They had to go get things done, but it also did not allow for them to add any value um, to themselves. I saw some commercials recently by politicians and they were running for governor on the Republican side. And they were talking about welfare fraud and that. And my argument is after 22 years of practice, you know, I've heard of people who don't want to lose their quote-unquote benefits. But those are not the people I know or the people that um, come to Summit. The, the ones that I know are trying to get off welfare. And it, it's such a system, and a lot of people making good money running it, um, it it's, it's such a system, it's even slow to catch up with the changes that need to be made. So my opinion is that now workforce policy, which allows for people without GEDs to go into training under workforce provisions versus the education department, um, people are taking a second look at felons now, trying to determine do they really need to ban them from their um, companies forever. And companies are finding ways um, to build new relationships into the community. And I think when you see that, and when these people see that jobs aren't just reserved for other folks, then when they see themselves there and they have an entree in, they will take advantage of it. I think we're gonna, we, we have to figure that out in the next few years because all the growth in the workforce is coming from people of color. Yeah, some of you might know that the Itasca group was mentioned in uh, Thomas Friedman, Friedman's book, uh, Thank You for Being Late, later in his book when he was talking about uh, some of the creative collaborative ways that people are trying to address critical issues. And uh, a number of years ago, the Itasca group did uh, a Brookings Institute study in, in uh, Minneapolis um, that they called Mind the Gap. And, uh, and over time, it, you know, it's become clear that here in the Twin Cities, we have what's, you know, what's known as a job vacancy crisis. That is, we have too many job openings and not enough people to fill them. And, uh, and many of us are seeing this as an opportunity for there to be economic equity shared among all peoples of all races. And I, I think that's what Lewis is talking about today and there are concerted efforts, and Lewis, I believe what you're doing at Summit Academy OIC is a critical part of, of closing the gap in employment and income between black and white communities and uh, other ethnic 
minorities who have uh, suffered through the years of having a much lower uh, income level, you're helping to move the needle on this critical social issue. And and this is um, without casting blame. I simply call balls and strikes. Um, we now genuinely need these folks in the workforce, and that has not always been the case. But when the white unemployment rate is at 2.8%, you basically now begin to tap into other pools, and you see that even the African-American number is now down to 5.9%. And that there we have to also understand that there are pools of those folks that haven't been tapped. So I think what we're seeing, and this is, again, Mother Nature at work, but we do have to figure out how to connect the social networks around a real um, meaningful exchange. And that is something that is needed in the marketplace, something that is um, provided by a worker, and something that is paid for. That's the best exchange, and that's why we say the best social service work program in the world is a job. And And so we have economics now that are really driving racial reconciliation issues and uh, and it's happening in the workplace. And um, there's there's folks you want to look for in any city, and uh, you want to look for people like Lewis King, who's a bridge builder, building these bridges between uh, the uh, employers and uh, those who are looking to move out of poverty into a good job that leads to a career so that they can land on their feet if they're ever released or if it's seasonal employment, they can they know they've got the skills to move on. And that's what I find so exciting about your work, Lewis. Who else has a question? Give us your name and where you're from. I don't want to monopolize, but it's Mary Kay again. Uh, you know, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, I, there was uh, um, a caller that said something about um, the uh, staying in the game kind of a question. And, I am a big supporter of you only know what you know. And until you're exposed, you know, some of these young adults in in the program have uh, likely not been exposed to to opportunities that others have been exposed to. I know personally that I am always growing. I did not come from – a family of wealth, in fact, just the opposite. And I have uh, learned so much in my life by observation, by observing people who operated differently than me and had things that um, I never uh, uh, had an opportunity to see before, you know, that that being exposed to a work ethic or being exposed to um, sticking out when times are bad, those are things that um, you we can learn from each other, from those who have done it and uh, those who need to see it. And, um, uh, Lewis, I, you probably have a, a mentoring program in place 
but I would think that uh, for so many of these young adults who are seeking to achieve more in life than what they've been uh, handed and to to see what's possible is definitely a, a way to keep them going when they might feel defeated. So one of the first things I tell uh, the students is that the most difficult thing they will have to do is get a new sound and a new band. And then I walk them through Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, and um, Ice Cube and, and tell them all these people had to take charge of their own careers, and that meant separating from family and lifelong friends who might be stuck. And and you have to form your own social network with each other. You're starting off as strangers, but getting to know each other is part of the drill. We will then also attach you to another network, but we have a specific type of instructor who is a retiree who came from that industry who is also going to equip you with the mores and norms needed to make it. And we have brown bag lunches and all types of things so that when you get there, you you understand the culture, you speak the language, and not only do you have the technical skills, you can operate at the social level um, as well. I love it. Thank you for to that. Uh, and I don't know if you are familiar with uh, LeBron James um, uh, program in Akron, Ohio. Uh, if uh, Glenn, I don't know if you heard about it, but I just heard about it today um, through a trend watching uh, initiative, and I'm happy to send it your way. Uh, Louis, are you familiar with this new program that LeBron James is spearheading called um, I Promise School? No. Okay, I can send it to you, too. Okay. Louis, thank you so much for this time today. I think it's been inspirational for everyone who's had a chance to hear uh, your vision and your heart and and the very practical things that you're doing right here in North Minneapolis to help people change the course of their lives, to change their direction, and to help employers find good employees who are well-trained and ready to enter the workforce because of the work that you're doing. So I just want to say, first of all, uh, I, I want to say thank you so much for um, the uh, the important work that you're doing as you're uh, changing people's lives and, uh, and helping the economic environment here uh, in the Twin Cities, as well as helping, the, I think, the social environment by, uh, by bridging the gap between employers and uh, those coming from poor communities. So uh, thank you so much for all you're doing. And thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. Yes, and uh, we uh, we look forward to uh, our next call, folks. Next month we'll have uh, Amy Sherman on the call. And uh, so uh, mark down in your calendars September the 20th at uh, 10 o'clock a.m. Central, and we'll look forward to having many of you back on the call then. Thanks so much, and have a great day.